the Magi, the mysterious Magi. How many were there? Where were they from? What were they doing? They came from the east. Many scholars would say they actually came from what we now call Iraq. I was going to write a story and read it to you in modern day English and say, you know, here are these guys who rolled up from Iraq with towels wrapped around their head in big black Mercedes with bulletproof windows. Can you imagine? But I decided not to go down that road. But they, here come these mysterious strangers into Jerusalem, and I would assume they were not in Mercedes but on camels. And as they rolled into town, I'm assuming that it made quite a splash. I don't think it was just three guys on a camel. I think there was a whole train of people. They probably had servants. They were obviously wealthy. They traveled a long ways. This was a big deal as they came into town. Everybody wondered, wow, look at that. And they came to Herod's palace, Herod's place of government. And as they rolled up, I can just picture the camels kneeling down, and they got off the camels, however you get off a camel, I have no idea. And uh, they went in to see King Herod, and they asked him a question. And you can just imagine the buzz there in the palace as the uh, waiters and servants went here and there. They got them tea or whatever they drank. Probably these magi gave gifts to the ruler. They probably received some compliments from him. There was this exchange and formality. And finally, they got down to business. You know, he's wondering, why are these dudes here? Are they checking me out? Are they spies? Is there going to be an invasion of the country? What's going on? All these questions whirling about in the king's mind, no doubt. And finally, they say to King Herod, where is this one? We've heard about him who is born king of the Jews. We've come to pay him homage or worship him. Can you imagine how that question landed in the court of King Herod? A Roman ruler who was there to please Rome and send taxes back to Rome, a Roman ruler who was there to try to keep rebellion down amongst the Jews whom he was ruling. And he hears this question, king, star, worship, what on earth does this mean? Now, not being a Jew himself, he did not know the answer, and so he rallied the It's called scribes in the Bible. He rallied the pastors and the Bible students and the Bible teachers and the scholars. And he said, hey, I've got this question. I have no idea how to answer it. What's the answer? Where is this one who is to be born king? Where is he going to be born? Now, that was about the easiest question anybody could ask a Bible student. Because they had all read the book of Micah, the prophet. And they all knew the answer was Bethlehem. They didn't have to be scholars to know this. They just knew it. And so they told King Herod, he'll be born in Bethlehem. Now, as I was thinking about this, I I realized that um, King Herod actually had a GPS. My son's got a GPS in his car. I I just, I shouldn't go down the road of greed, but, you know, that is the coolest thing. He wanted to know where a restaurant was the other day, and he just says into his car dashboard, you know, where is... uh, I can't remember where we were going, but, you know, where is Denny's? And it tells him where the closest Denny's is. We weren't going to Denny's. But uh, it tells him where it is and how to get there. I said, that is so cool, the GPS. But this is a different kind of GPS. This is called God's positioning system. Do you know what it is? You've got one. It's right here. It's called the Bible. And what did these guys do when they were asked, where is this king born? They opened up the Bible they had, the Old Testament, and they said, it's in Bethlehem. Easy directions. And so King Herod goes to the GPS that he gets through the Jews, and you can almost hear himself say, King Herod say, perfect, this is great. 
I've got the answer. So he arranges another meeting, a secret meeting with the wise men or the magi, and he begins to quiz them. He says, how did you guys end up here? You know, are they really there looking for a king? Is there some other plan? Star? You followed a star to get here? That makes no sense. And so he quizzes them best he can. They share the information with him. And he finally says, you know, I found the answer to the question. The king is going to be born in Bethlehem. And by the way, go down there. It's not far from here. You can make it. Take a trip down there. And when you find him, let me know because I want to worship him too. And so he sends them off. And the whole city, it says, in a stir. Everybody knew the Magi had come. Everybody's wondering, what are these strangers from the east doing here? And then they took off down to Bethlehem. Now, I put this outline in your worship folder, and I want to encourage you to turn with me uh, to this outline, because I've written on there, Enter the Mystery of the Magi. And I've written some words down there. What on earth is this story really about? What's going on here? Now, this story is written in a book we call Matthew. And it's written by a man named Matthew. He happened to be a follower of Jesus. He happened to be a tax collector in his former life. And he happens to write a story that actually has a lot of violence in it. In contrast to Dr. Luke, who was a healer, a physician, and he doesn't say anything about all this stuff that Matthew talks about. I think Matthew had probably lived in a time when he saw a lot of foreclosures. He's a tax collector. You can't pay your taxes. We'll take your house. He knew about rough stuff. And he doesn't mind sharing it. So as Matthew writes and puts this story together, you can be sure he's just not picking these characters out of the blue. He has a message behind the characters. Why are the Magi here? It's interesting. What on earth is going on? You know, as I already said, the Bible actually condemns these kind of characters. We romanticize them. We've got these great pictures of them. We think, oh, they're wonderful, the wise men. But actually, if you were a Jew in Matthew's day, you had no business with wise men, Magi foreigners. Funny language, funny looks, funny religion. You wouldn't hang out with them. And yet Matthew puts them into this story. What's going on? Now, last Sunday, as we looked at Simeon, he too was somewhat of a prophet. And you remember when he held the baby Jesus in his arms, you remember what he said? Among other things, he said, this child here is going to bring light to the Gentiles. You remember that? Now, these guys are about as Gentile as you can get, the Magi. They are way out there. And that's why I've listed here, it says, enter the mystery of the Magi, outsider to insider. If you want to think about outsiders, these guys are outsiders. They're strangers. They're aliens. They talk funny. And yet, here they are trying to find Jesus. If you want to talk about lostness, these guys are lost. They literally didn't know where to go. And I've jotted down some words here. I find this rather fascinating in the story. Let me review to you their journey to Bethlehem. How did they get to Jerusalem? They followed what? A star. Now, you can read the books. You can do the research. You can wonder if it's Halley's Comet. I have no idea. Go over to the seminary and study. I don't know how the star got them to Jerusalem, but when they looked up in the sky, somehow they figured out a way, and they traveled maybe for months to get to this holy city of Jerusalem. By the way, the city of Jerusalem is the city of God the holy city. And so isn't it interesting that they looked to creation, thought about God, and they ended up in Jerusalem, the holy city. They got that far on this journey. Now, when they got to Jerusalem, what happened? They said, we're kind of stuck. 
Our GPS system has quit. We don't know where to go next. And so they inquired there of the King Herod, a pagan Roman king, who in some ways was very good king, in some ways a very wicked king. I wish I had the time to tell you. He, had ten, he believed in marriage, by the way. He had ten wives. Go figure. Anyhow, they asked him about where the king was going to be born. He had no idea, so he turned to what? The Scriptures. You see the progression? They looked to creation and began to inquire about God. They wanted to learn more. They ended up with somebody that knew the Scriptures, so they opened the Scriptures, and the Scriptures told them where to go to find Christ. And so it is, when you begin to read this Bible, this Bible is no good at all if it does not lead us to Jesus. That's why it's here. It's to help us know God. And as we read it, we learn about God. And that's true in the wise men's story. So, the star led them to the Scripture, which led them to Christ. Now, Matthew's story really is an amazing story. And you know the story. I'm not going to go on about it. But it reminds me of what Simon Peter said to the people he was writing to. He said, once you were not a people, once you were in darkness, once you were lost, but now you are the people of God. Once you were strangers, now you're not strangers, you're a part of God's family. Once you had not received mercy, now you have mercy. Now, here's the question I'm going to ask about the wise men. Ask us. Are you willing to journey with these wise men to Bethlehem, as Eddie said, to the house of bread? Are you willing to to take a trip and join these strange characters who traveled a long way and at great expense and finally came to meet Christ? Are you just willing to join them on the journey? I encourage you to do that. Now, the story begins by talking about the Magi, but uh, that's not all. Let's listen as we read the middle part of the story. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I, too, may go and worship him. Ah, King Herod. Herod lived during the time of somebody else you know about, Cleopatra. You've heard of her, the beautiful woman. It says, when, when King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed. And no wonder. At this point in history, King Herod's about 70 years old. He has an incurable disease. He knows he's going to die. I don't know if he had just turned mean, but as I said earlier, he had ten wives. One of them was a Jewish woman he married. It was actually a political marriage because he married into the Hasmonean family, which made him very dear to the Jews. And uh, he also blessed the Jews in lots of ways. He protected their temple when it was going to be raided one time. When there was a, d- a big famine, he actually sold off the palace furniture to buy seeds to give to the Jewish farmers so they could plant crops. Quite a statement, isn't it? I mean, you wonder if they sold off some stuff in Washington. I won't go there. <laughs> Anyhow, there were many ways in which he endeared himself to the Jews. He was also quite a rascal. He became suspicious of his Jewish wife after she had borne him two sons and they had grown up and he finally killed her. And then he was worried about the sons rebelling, so he had them strangled. And then he was worried about his mother-in-law, so he had her killed. The list goes on and on. He was quite a character. Now, I want to ask you a question. As we consider the mystery today, um, there's, of course, no way on earth that you're like Herod, right? 
I mean, he was a bad guy, and we're good guys, right? Well, let me push you just a bit, because again, Matthew just didn't accidentally write these things down. The Magi helped to lead us toward Christ. Look at, look at Herod with me, and if you're back in the, the outline, I want to point out a couple things. Enter the mystery of Herod, King Herod. He's actually an insider who becomes an outsider. He is actually a person who is found, or almost found, who becomes lost. He's actually a person who says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, or to Bethlehem, but he doesn't. What am I talking about? Well, let me explain it like this. Uh, King Herod was at the very doorstep of faith, but he refused to go in. Think about it. I put down in the notes, if you like to do these sort of things, to fill in the blanks. He did not journey to Bethlehem. He went from witness to the word to wickedness. What do I mean by that? Who was the witness? When King Herod, he had a witness. Who was the witness? Well, first of all, it was the Magi. They came to him and said, hey, the king has been born. Where is he? And then he turned to the leaders of his day, the religious leaders, and said, what, what's happening here? And they gave him the word of God. They actually said... God says the Messiah will come in Bethlehem. So he actually heard the scripture. And he actually said, hey, let me know when you find this one. I'm going to go worship with you. But what did he do? He didn't go worship. He remained where he was. Now, doesn't old King Herod help us to remember how often have we heard God or the word of God and said, that's great, but we didn't go. I was thinking about it this way this week. How often have you heard the word of God um, say to you, do not hate or despise your sister and brother, the very person God made in God's own image. How often have you heard it said, do not hate or despise your sister or brother, and yet there's a certain person of a skin color you just say, I, I don't, you know, the prejudice wells up in your heart. Or how often have you heard God say, do not hate your sister or brother, and yet they, they talk with a certain accent and you say, well, why don't they go back to where they came from? Or how often have you heard it said by the word of God, do not hate your sister or brother, but you run into a gay person. You see where I'm going with this? We hear the word of God, but we do not always respond to the word of God favorably. At least Steve doesn't. How often have you heard the Bible say, do not steal, and yet you stole uh, from your employer. You stole time, you stored product, uh, how often have you heard the Word of God say, Be kind and tender-hearted and forgiving to one another, and yet you are hard-hearted and unforgiving and not kind? How often have you heard the Word of God say, Blessed are the pure in heart, uh, but you were checking him or her out as they walked along, and actually adultery was happening in your heart? How often have you heard the Word of God, Did it just get quiet in here or is it me? How often you, have you heard the Word of God say, be merciful to others, and yet you refuse to grant mercy and grace to someone who had made a mistake? You condemn them. How often have you heard the Word of God say, uh, give to anyone who asks of you, and yet when you, someone is asking, you grab your pocketbook or your purse, and you say, not me, I'm not giving. How often have you heard it said uh, by God to, the, to those who follow Christ, Bring all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse that my house may be full. And you didn't. I could go on, couldn't I? How often have we heard the word of God, like King Herod, and said, you know, I intend to go to worship, I intend to do this, but we just don't do it. And in that sense, I realize I'm more like King Herod than I thought. 
So this morning, um, the question is, have you, like King Herod, refused to follow the word of God and thereby missed the gift? Now, one more mystery. Let's go to the mystery of the child, the third character of this story. Listen to me to the uh, wrap-up of this part of the story. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their country by another way. What is this story really about? Why did Matthew write it? There are three central figures. There are the Magi, there are King Herod, and then there's this one called the Child. When you open the Bible uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, it begins like this in chapter 1, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. If you have trouble sleeping at night, just open to Matthew chapter 1, read that over and over, and you'll fall asleep because it's boring. Why do I say that? Because there are lots of names listed there in the genealogy of Jesus. He's giving a history. It's not my purpose this morning to explain why he did that. It's fascinating. But he gives a history of Jesus, where he came from. As you continue to read, it says, then at the end of that chapter, one, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. And then he gives two names in that story that he says the child will be named Jesus, which means Savior. That's the meaning of Jesus, the word Jesus. And then he also gives another name. He says he'll be called Emmanuel, quoting the Old Testament prophet who had hundreds of years ago had predicted this moment. So the two names are given. Now, why am I sharing all this with you? As you come to chapter 2, nine times the reference is to the child. In other words, if you add up all the references to Christ, they far outweigh the references to the other characters. It's more than double of all the other characters combined. What's the point? The point is, this is all about this child that is born. And as these people come to meet this child, he changes their life, for better or for worse, but he changes their life. Think with me about the child and the mystery of Christmas. The Magi are far away from God. They're far away from God's people. They're not Jewish. They live in another country. They speak another language. They live in another place. They have another religion. But by faith, they come to this child. By the star in faith. Now, I would like to ask you, have you ever felt like an outsider? My friend, have you ever felt like, you know, I'm just different? I'm not really understood? Uh, even maybe sitting here today, you may say, I, I don't think I am a part of the church or could be a part of the church. I, I'm just, I'm an outsider. Uh, maybe you even consider yourself a foreigner. If you're in that category, I present to you the mystery of the Magi because these guys were the ultimate outsiders. And what happened? As they looked up to God, God brought them to the very place where Jesus was. Somehow, someway, God brought them here. Now, by the way, I don't think you followed a star to get here. You may have a GPS in your car, but you're not here by accident. You didn't just happen to be here today. You're here because in some sense, God, like bringing the Magi to Bethlehem, has brought you here to First Baptist Church today. Why? So you can hear the Scripture, so you can hear God's positioning system and know about Jesus. That's why you're here. So I invite you to join the Magi and come to Jesus. I love this line. Um, It says about the the Magi that when they came to him, they... um, 
they saw the Christ child and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Can you imagine? And then they presented him with gifts. The Magi lead us into the mystery of, the, of meeting this child, the one who can change everything. Have you met him? Jesus, when he was on earth, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. One, one more thing that just fascinates me. This story ends with these words. After the Magi had met Christ and worshipped there, it says they were warned in a dream, more mystery, to go home, here's the, here's the exact phrase, another way, because Herod wanted to kill the child. Now, that phrase lodged in my head this week because I realized once you meet Jesus, you can't go back the way you came, can you? Once you meet Jesus, you cannot return home the way you came. Once you meet Jesus, you're going to go home another way. What way is that? It's the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what happened to them. They went home another way. What a great way it was. I invite you to join the Magi and come and worship Jesus, to accept him. Just say, I don't understand it all. It's a mystery. But I open my heart and life and accept Jesus. He is the reason for the season. Now, one other point. Most of us here, I think, probably don't feel so much like outsiders. We're insiders. And in that sense, we're more like King Herod than we are like the Magi. Stay with me. Don't be offended. But listen to me. You know all about Jesus. You just haven't been listening. You even know the Scripture. You just haven't been following them. You're at the very doorstep of Bethlehem, but you just don't want to go into the house of bread. I don't know why not, but like King Herod, you resist God's word and you don't go ahead and receive it. How is it that we are like that? Paul said of his own, Paul said of his own life that um, he said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The good I want to do, I don't do. The bad I don't want to do, I end up doing. You remember that passage in Romans 7? He's talking about the King Herod and all of us who hear the word of God, intend to do good, and we don't do it. So what's the, what's the mystery of King Herod today? The mystery is that there's some good in all of us, and there was certainly good in King Herod, and there's some bad in all of us, and we go our own way. In fact, Isaiah said this, all we like sheep have gone astray, like the Magi. We've all turned to our own way, like King Herod. But the Lord has laid on Jesus Christ the sin of us all. That's God's message to you. That's the good news. I invite you today, come, join me, enter the mystery of Christmas, join the wise men, and give yourself to the Lord this season. That's our word today. Enter the mystery of Christmas. Give. Would you stand with me? And there's a prayer I want us to read. And it's a prayer that really says, I'm willing to enter this mystery with you. I'm willing to be like the Magi and to follow God all the way to the manger. Would you read this with me? We join the Magi of old. We bow down and worship. Lord, we receive your gift, Jesus. How silently, how silently, the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the message of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin... Where meek souls will receive him, still, the dear Christ enters in. We're not done. Lord, we enter into the mystery of Christmas. We give ourselves to you. May your kingdom come. May your will be done in us. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. You may be seated.